Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? That's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story, where you're from. God's the judge. People have to live with their own conviction. The science is clear. The Bible is clear. And if we're honest, our intuitions are clear. We know what we're killing. We're killing a human being. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You hearing the sound of my voice first can only mean one thing. I'm in the studio. Todd's out on the campus of Kennesaw State University, and this is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Okay, so that's three things, but you get the point. Hey, welcome in. I'm Jimmy Hicks, your guide, as we follow along and eavesdrop on Todd having conversations with students on the campus. So let's not waste any more time. Let's head out to the campus now and check in with Todd. This is Octavia, and she didn't know today is 420. Do you know what 420 represents? I do know what 420 represents, yeah. What, what is it? Zweed. Uh, Zweed day. It's- Right. (laughs) Let's call it Weed Day. It is a celebration of the use of recreational marijuana. Octavia, in your opinion, is the use of the recreational drug marijuana worth celebrating? Um, I think that it can be. Uh, I've tried it before. It's nice, I guess. Um, And like it helps a lot of people. So I guess it has some sort of benefit. Medicinally, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm talking about not not for you know dealing with fibromyalgia or whatever a malady might be. I'm talking about just getting stoned. Um, you know what? Yeah, I think that if someone's hobby isn't inherently hurting someone else, then yeah, blaze it, get stoned. Go ahead and do it. You know, I have to confess to you, it's kind of amazing to me that you would so casually reveal that you've actually tried it before. Yeah, um, with. Georgia, you know, it's like slowly and, you know, it was like once it was it's like after it wasn't really my thing. But I guess there's there's, there's less stigma about it now. Yeah, I agree with that. I honestly, though, think, Octavia, with my generation, we'd be way more guarded with that information because we'd perceive there's still a stigma. You're right. Your generation doesn't think that there's a stigma, which actually brings me back to my question. You said basically if it doesn't hurt anybody, blaze away, I think was your phrase, right? All right. Why is hurting somebody the standard that you define for determining if somebody should blaze away or not? I think part of that is like with my mom being a nurse and kind of be wanting to go into healthcare. Just like if if what you're doing starts to harm like others, others around you, then it's like, okay, what you do, like if you know the effect that it has on you, then fine. Like other people don't ask to be like negatively affected by what you're doing. So it shouldn't be that way. Does that make sense? No, it is. I think it's actually a pretty pervasive worldview that do no harm. If it doesn't hurt anybody, if it feels good, do it. If it hurts somebody, well, now you're getting into somebody else's territory. But as autonomous human beings, we can do whatever we want as long as it pleases self and doesn't hurt others. That's actually a pretty pervasive worldview. Would Would you cling to that as yours? I'm having a bit of a slow moment right now. The word pervasive. What do you mean? Really, it's just a lot of lot of uh, people in your demographic, your generation would say, yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that's a good worldview. Yeah, I think because like we've all learned like the golden rule and the do unto others as you have them do unto you. And with that sort of thing and just like all of us kind of like being wrapped up in our own stuff. It's just like if what we're doing isn't affecting anyone else negatively, then 
what's the issue? I guess that's the general. Let me let me see if I can test that. Okay. All right. Let's just say I harbored ill will toward you just because I don't like your earrings. I, you know what? I just don't like you. And I harbor those thoughts. Doesn't really hurt you. Therefore, is it okay? Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. But my, my point was, I'm not hurting you by, by having bad thoughts about you. But I think you would agree, you shouldn't have bad thoughts about somebody. That's, that's not kind. It's not good. I know like opinions tend to be subjective. You know, like the way that we put out into the world, maybe to someone else, I'm like the worst person in the world. But they don't know all of me. True. But I was just trying to address the ideology, the, the belief that says as long as it doesn't hurt somebody, it's okay. It, it definitely is. I acknowledge that. It's for sure a slippery slope. Yeah. And there's things that people I think can actually do to themselves that are harmful to them. And so even though it may be getting stoned a lot, doesn't affect other people. I think it actually does. There's ripple effects. But I think it also could, if it hurts them, that would be another reason to say that's not such a good thing. That is true. That is, that's definitely true. Earth Day is Thursday. Did you know that? I didn't. It is a celebration of finals. It's nothing compared to 420 and Earth Day. So it's Earth Day is a celebration of the planet of the Earth. Do you believe that is worth celebrating? For sure. The Earth has been through some stuff. We're kind of putting it through some stuff. So I think that, you know, recognizing that it's a beautiful place and that should be uh, protected is something worth celebrating. What if I said to you, you know what, planet, it's here, it's disposable. If it gets trashed and the next generation doesn't get to enjoy it, too bad. I'm here for me. How would you respond to that belief or that attitude? I would say that it's going to start to affect them sooner than later with uh, shorelines kind of pushing into, uh, you know, inland um, storms are only getting worse because of everything that we're doing. So it's like it's going to start to affect you sooner than you think. But I don't care. I'm just going to blaze away and I am just going to live my life. And if this place gets trashed, fine. I'll go down with it. If that's their perspective, then, you know, who am I to be able to change that? <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm going to try something different. Okay. Let me let me try a, a different way to look at the issue of marijuana and the planet. I would, from my perspective, say I would be able to identify whether pot was good or bad, whether we should be treating the planet a certain way, only if there is some sort of governing authority that insists this is right or this is wrong without somebody bigger than me or powerful than me, superior to me. All I can do is look at these issues and have a preference or an opinion, but I can't definitively determine just what is good or bad. And that just has more to do with uh, not just pot or the planet, but really regarding any moral issues. If there isn't some sort of governing authority that has laid down the law, I can't say that hating you is good or bad, I, just my preference. Or I couldn't say that beating up a small child is bad because there's no authority. It would just be my opinion. Therefore, in order for us to have some standards of morality, we have to have a moral lawgiver. And that thinking actually 
helps me to understand there is a moral lawgiver. Because if there's morals, you and I would agree beating up a small kid is bad, right? right? And we'd agree, I shouldn't hate you because of your earrings. That's just wrong. And I shouldn't probably bake my brain and be unproductive. That's not good. We know those things because there is a moral lawgiver. There is somebody who has determined that standard, and therefore you and I can make the claim certain things are right or wrong. Without God existing, then this whole thing is anybody's game, and we should be able to do anything we want to and treat anybody the way that we want. And I can beat up a small kid because I want to, and you can't tell me I'm wrong because there is no right or wrong. Therefore, because there is right and wrong, I intuit, I believe, I reason that there is a God. What do you think of my rationale? That makes a lot of sense to me. I I grew up in church. So that is for me, it's like whether it's subconscious or conscious, for me, that's kind of like a baseline in my brain about whether I'm thinking about something like whether it being like right or wrong, like morally like whether or not I choose to realize or not, that's definitely the thing that like my brain is going to go back to. Like, what is it right? You know, according to like what I've learned. And it is important to like have that boundary of, you know, what you believe and what you can believe like regarding like a governmental authority or like a higher power. Because if you don't have that, then what are you basing it on? Like, like you have to have something. Now you went to church as a kid. Do you still go to church? I don't mainly because of COVID. It is extremely packed in there. Right. So I have to do it like online. So I guess in a way I kind of. So you still do. Okay. So you would call yourself a Christian. Yes. So if I asked you, Octavia, would you please share with me or persuade me to consider Christianity? What would you lay forth for me that you think might encourage me to become a Christian like you? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure that I could because it's it's something that like I've I've never known anything else. So because of that, I'm not sure exactly how I would persuade someone because it's something that I was practically born into. Like my parents just, you know, took me to church as a baby. No one had to really persuade me about it other than, you know, you're going to hell if you don't, yada yada, blah, blah, blah. But the whole <laughs> but the whole fear tactic thing is why people don't get into it. So I'm not sure how I would convince you. Let me see if I've got that right. The whole you're going to hell. Bloody, bloody, wasn't that something like that? Okay, let me try to turn the table then. I think there could be a way to help somebody understand about hell and about heaven without being obnoxious and without being offensive to people. I think there's a way to go about doing that. All right, so I'm going to just rehearse that on you right now and we'll see how this goes. All right. And halt. Or just hold on just a couple of minutes as we take a break. And when we come back, Todd is turning the tables on Octavia and will share the gospel. At least that's what he usually does. I hope I'm not wrong. Come back. This is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Permit me to introduce you to Bree and Salvation Dominoes. Preborn style. When one person gets saved, they have that burning desire to just make him known the same way that was made known to them. And then it's just this domino effect. Bree currently volunteers at a preborn life center. How did she get saved? From a friend whose mother got saved at, you guessed it, a preborn life center. 
Why? Because preborn, it is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. And look at the domino effect. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. Well, are you ready for another road trip? Of course you are. Just grab your luggage and let's load up. Okay, not really. You don't need to bring anything but maybe a pen and notebook for our next Road Trip to Truth Season 2 because it's here and it's available now at roadtriptotruth.org. And I know you're asking, how are you guys able to improve on the first season? Well, we have all new experts and new lessons that powerfully counter all of the continuous assaults on Christianity. Those assaults, unfortunately, wind up sidelining many youth and adults. And so we're diving into topics like the gospel, environmentalism, abortion, pornography, agnosticism, 13 total lessons, as a matter of fact, with new experts like Pastor Milton Vincent, Dr. Greg Gifford, Dr. John Street, Scott Klusendorf, Jess Arns, and more. Road Trip to Truth Season 2. It's on sale right now. And don't forget about the study guide. It's available as well. RoadTripToTruth.org or Wretched.org slash roadtrip. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Books of the Bible Nahum, whose name means the Lord comforts, brought a message of comfort to God's people and a prophecy against Nineveh. Nineveh was a powerful city, but they were no match for God. He punished them severely for their wickedness. When you see evil or are tempted towards evil, remember that there are only two possible outcomes, repentance or destruction. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back. It is a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks, and I'm in the studio today as Todd and the team are out on campus at Kennesaw State University. And before the break, Todd was speaking to Octavia, who had just attempted to share with Todd why he should become a Christian. Now Todd is going to be turning the tables and sharing with Octavia. So let's get back out to the campus now and listen in. Octavia, would you consider yourself to be a good person. I believe I would. I would like to, with your permission, cross-examine you on that by asking you some questions like, have you ever told a lie? Yes. So if somebody tells a lie, what name do we typically give to that person? A liar. Ever stolen anything? From my brother, yes. Uh And what name do we typically give to somebody who steals something? A thief. 
Have you ever dishonored your parents by disobeying them, being naughty? Yeah. Yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you have. You were a kid, all right? So you didn't honor your father and mother in all things, all right? Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Yes. Yeah. All right. So summation, you have just confessed that you're a liar, a thief, a rebellious child, and you're a blasphemer. So let's just say God is a judge and he's perfect and he's just and he's holy and he's good in everything. And he really doesn't like bad behavior. He hates sin. Octavia, the books were open on your life. God knows all of your thoughts, your words, your deeds, the stuff you didn't do that you should have done. Would he find you innocent or guilty? Given the evidence, I think he might find me guilty. <laughs> so should God, if he's just, not a bribable judge, not a corrupt judge. He's a good judge and he upholds truth and righteousness. Would he send you to heaven or to hell? I guess he'd send me to hell if he's just and then bribable. And there's no curve. You know, you break one law, you're a lawbreaker, you're a criminal. So if we're guilty criminals. Yeah, and the truth of the matter is, I don't know anybody who hasn't done the things that you've done and that I've done. We're all guilty criminals who deserve not to be rewarded, but who actually deserve to pay for the crimes that we've committed against the king, which is God himself. All right, Octavia, go back to your childhood or to the church services that you visited online. What did God do for us so that we don't have to go to hell? He sent Jesus and he died. Boom. All right. So our bad deeds put on him. God punishes him on our behalf so that our court case can be dismissed. We can be forgiven. We can actually be seen as righteousness. So we give Jesus our rap sheet and he gives us his resume of goodness so that when we die and stand before God, we're found not only not guilty, but righteous because we're in Christ and we can actually go to heaven and be with God because of what Jesus did for us. That's the good news of the gospel. The question then becomes, how does somebody access forgiveness? How does somebody get forgiven and brought into a right relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know? They confess their sins and believe in God. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. A biblical word would be repent, not just confess it, because I can go, yeah, judge, you're right. I'm guilty. All right, I confessed it, but I'm not penitent and I didn't repent. I didn't turn from my sins. So we repent, turn from our ways, put our trust in Jesus Christ. And then he adopts us into his family, grants us everlasting life, complete forgiveness of sins. And then we know where we're going when we die. That would be how I would try to persuade you. That was a really good persuasion. Ah. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. Right, so then on a personal level, okay, we we're kind of like role playing there on a personal level. Octavia, have you repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ? Repented? Yes. Trust is a little bit tricky. I'm more of a, I got to see it. And so faith for me is kind of like a little bit of a hurdle in that sense. And it also it's like right now, like with how everything is, like things are going like kind of fast and it's like, I don't have time for like sign or like some like around the way thing. It's like, I got to get stuff done. I think that you've already got a sign and you've already been given proof. And it's in my hand right now, this microphone. Where do you think it came from? A factory. Have you been to the factory, Octavia? I have not. Did you see anybody make this microphone, Octavia? I did not. So why did you conclude that this thing was made in a factory? Uh, assumption. <laughs> Well, you intuit. It's like the thing is organized. It's designed. These things don't happen by themselves. The brain had to put this together and knit it together to become a m microphone. 
Similarly, your eyes, which observe this microphone, are very intricate. They're very detailed. You have, I think, about 120,000 light-sensitive cells behind your eyes with cones and rods that receive the information, interpret the information, bring it to your brain, do all kinds of amazing things with colors and separation and focus and what's out of you. That's your eye. It's more intricate than this microphone. I know there's a microphone maker because I have a microphone. I know there's an eye maker because you have eyes that see. That's how I can know God exists. I just look around and the creation screams that there's a creator. Can't argue with that, honestly. You know, it's interesting that you would say faith is a, is a tricky word because I think you use the word trust. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it it's like being able to know that, okay, even if I can't do this, he can. That can be a little bit hard. What do you mean by that? Well, the whole thing is that like, whatever you can do, put your trust in God and he'll handle it, right? Like given that you've done your due and all that. I'm used to constantly having to like do my do and like above just because that's how like my parents taught me to like, do certain things like do what you can and then some. So because of that, it's just kind of like it's not like what do I need God for? Because I would never say that. But it's hard to trust someone with that extra step when it comes to what I need to get done. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. And it's, it's kind of fascinating that your upbringing maybe informed that thinking. It's kind of interesting. I think that's kind of the way it works. I think I maybe heard two tracks in there, though. What I just presented to you, Octavia, is not us kind of doing the best that we can, and then God does the rest for us. We can't do a thing. In fact, everything that we do is the opposite of what we should be doing. The Bible says that we're actually not good people. We're kind of self-deceived when we think that we are, because we tend to compare ourselves to, you know, that guy or to Adolf Hitler, and we think that we measure up pretty well. What the Bible does is it it actually gets inside of our conscience to try to awaken us and go, no, you're not good. And so what the Bible would tell us, Octavia, is you and I are absolutely bad to the bone, but God is rich in mercy and God is good. And he's done it all through the work of his son. Everything that you need for forgiveness, everything you need to inherit eternal life has been done for you. You've earned a debt. Jesus paid your fine for you. So that means rather than trusting God to like get things done or to get me there, I actually come to a deeper, more profound understanding of myself by recognizing, you know, with God, I'm actually undone. I'm going to be crushed and I deserve his punishment. And that's when you run to Jesus Christ because you realize without him, you're without hope. That's actually what faith and trust is. Recognizing our need for Jesus, seeing that he was good to satisfy that need on our behalf. And we put our faith in him. We put our trust in him because he's proved his love for us. Am I kind of getting to what you were talking about or did I miss the point? No, you, you, you got it. Jesus said to a religious guy that unless a person is born again, he, she will not see the kingdom of God. So we got to figure out what that means. If you've got to be born again to go to heaven, tell me what that is. All right. Well, here's what we know. You and I are not going to return to our mother's wombs, correct? Right. All right. So it's not a physical being born again. It's a spiritual rebirth. And the Bible says that the law of God, it kills us. We kind of think we're doing pretty good. We take a look in the mirror of God's perfect standard and we realize, yikes, my thought life is wrong. Jesus said, if you look with lust, you're an adulterate heart. If you're angry at somebody that's like murdering somebody in your heart, you know, you don't kill them. 
physically, but it's the same attitude that accompanies killing somebody. God sees it all. And the law causes us to go, I'm a dead man walking. I, I'm not good. I'm really awful. The law kills. And then the good news of Jesus Christ, he makes us alive. He rebirths us spiritually so that we put our trust in him. That's what it means to be born again, a coming to the end of yourself, a recognition who you are, what you've done. And you see the goodness of God in the work of his son. And you say, I'm done with me. I want that. I think that's what it means to be born again. So my question, Octavia, is have you been born again? I have. It's been a minute, but yeah. Tell me about it. I'm going to be honest. When it did happen, it was one of those things where it's like it was less of a choice and more of like a rite of passage type thing that I was kind of pushed into. So I also went into a, a Christian school before high school. So it was more of like a rite of passage, less of me choosing to be born again and more you're going to do this. So because of that, I'm kind of having to start from scratch with my relationship with God and actually like choose it and do it obviously on his terms and doing it in a way that like isn't like what my parents want, like what like I grew up believing, because honestly, that can be kind of flawed, too. Yeah. But just going according to like his word and going from there. No, I think that's actually like stunningly mature, a recognition. I kind of got shoved into that. But yeah. now as an adult, as somebody who would be accountable to God, now it's your choice. It's your decision. It's what you're going to do with this good news. And break. Question, what do you call a person born into a Hindu family? A Hindu, right? And a person born into a Buddhist family, we'd call them a Buddhist. But what do we call a person born into a Christian family? Lost. You know, no amount of family heritage will ever make a person right before God. Being born into a Christian family with a constant Christian witness is certainly a blessing from God, but it does not guarantee salvation. And I think it's interesting that Octavia voiced that as her means of calling herself born again. This chat is not quite over yet. We'll have more from the campus of Kennesaw State University with Todd and Octavia when we come back. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. John Oliver, the late-night talk host, says he does not understand why sex work is illegal in the United States. He favors decriminalizing prostitution, saying doing so would make it safer for sex workers. Yeah, because that's how that's going to work out. There is absolutely no plant at all at any time that could make this profession less dangerous by legalizing it. What a foolish thing to propose. The Florida House of Representatives passed a bill last week that would ban teachers from promoting discussions regarding gender identity and sexual attraction for children within the classroom. You know, I really despise the fact that a law must be made in order to deal with things that aren't in any type of teaching curriculum. How these types of discussions seem okay for teachers to have with students is totally beyond me. Children are sent to school to learn math and English and science and social studies. When in the world did that stop being taught in favor of asking third graders about their sexual attractions? Despicable. SCOTUS has refused to hear an appeal from a Christian college in Massachusetts that attempted to use a ministerial exemption to end a lawsuit filed against the college by a former professor. The Christian school is being sued by the professor for refusing to promote her due to her public support of the LGBT movement. 
Okay, so I know I'm not the smartest person in the room, so help me here. The LGBT movement is anti-Christian, right? So a professor at a Christian college publicly supports something that is anti-Christian, and she's surprised that she doesn't get rewarded with a higher position at the Christian college. Does anything about this scenario scream common sense, or is it just me? All right, so the world's worst-kept secret has been exposed by a professor at UC Berkeley. Zeus Leonardo, an education professor who's responsible for teaching the next line of teachers, is teaching them this. That's why I'm coming up with this recent understanding that to abolish whiteness is to abolish white people. So to abolish racism is abolishing whiteness, which is abolishing white people. This is CRT and Marxism in full view. If you're teaching the abolishment of an entire race of people, you're the problem. They did this once before in Germany. It wasn't deemed to be a good thing then, and it's not a good thing now. You, sir, are a horrible example to follow. Lawmakers narrowly avoided a bill that would legalize baby murder up to birth across the country. The increasing desire to murder unborn babies by our leaders is a clear look into their true state. You cannot be regenerated and advocate for such a thing as despicable as abortion. Pray for our leaders. As hard as it is sometimes, that's what they need is prayer. Because we know genuine salvation is the only thing that will change their hearts. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. A good shepherd protects, directs, provides, and cares for his sheep. Jesus laid down his life for his sheep. No one can snatch them out of his hand. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd out on the campus of Kennesaw State University. And he's been talking with Octavia, a very interesting young lady who considers herself a Christian, and she shared that her faith was more of a rite of passage from being born into a Christian family. So let's get back out to the chat with Todd and Octavia now. I want to share two more thoughts with you. Number one, you talked about, you know, getting through life and God kind of having your back. This is something better, okay? Our biggest problem isn't our next exam or final. Our biggest problem on earth is actually God himself, who promises there's going to be a day of judgment. I'm going to open up your books and I will give you exactly what you deserve. And that's scary because God is a consuming fire. And the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But when I trust Christ that he has delivered me from the wrath that is to come, my biggest problem is solved. And now I start living my life knowing that when bad things or things that I don't want do happen, first of all, my biggest problem is solved. So I'm still good eternally. But we also look at the benevolence, the goodness of God. And this is what he promises to his children. God never does anything to his children. He only does things for his children. Like a doctor sometimes who gives us medicine that we have to gack down. 
God will actually put things in our life that are hard and even painful, but because it's good for us to rely on him more, to appreciate him more, to maybe get our perspectives correct, to maybe turn from some sins, to grow in maturity, he'll let those things happen or he'll cause those things to happen for our good. So now my perspective on life is as I march forward, I'm trying to figure about integrated health science. I still pursue that, but I realize my soul is at peace. And if I pass or fail, God did that for me because it's ultimately for my good. He only intends my absolute best for everything. And I can trust him now as I march through life dealing with the rapids that you're going to go over because God is for you. And you go, then who can be against me? That's what Christianity is about. So it's forgiveness of sins and a perspective on life that just, I can have joy no matter what's going down because my biggest problem is solved and God has got my back because he's good. So that was the first thing I wanted to share. The second thing is this, a kind of a like a pointed question. Octavia, as you sit here today, if you haven't been born again, then God is not your friend. He's at war with you because you're at war with him, but he offers you terms of peace right now. He offers you, I will not be angry at you anymore. I will love you with the love that I have for my son. If you'll put your trust in him, it's a profound offer. It's terms of peace and being in a right relationship with the God who's so good and so loving. He died to save you. When do you think you are going to consider this and either receive it or reject it? I don't think I'd ever reject it, but I don't know. It's like, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I feel like I kind of need to take baby steps because of how kind of like weird, because like everything that you're saying right now is a kind of Christianity that like I should have been brought up in, but I wasn't. And so because of that, it's like I'm having to like inch out what I was growing up with and like step more into that. And so I feel like I I still need to take those steps fully into that for me to be like, okay, yes, like this is the time. Like, yeah. And like, obviously, I know like tomorrow's not promised and everything, but I don't know. It's like, I feel like I need to take a little bit more. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand. Just just understand, though, too, that you're never going to get like everything totally squared, laid out and figured out and aligned because that's kind of the process of living the Christian life. But right now, though, you've got enough information about the truth, specifically about the state of your soul and your relationship with God. So you can kind of grow in that stuff. But God does kind of lay it down for you to go, today's the day of salvation. If you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Don't keep pushing it off or rejecting it because you're right. He doesn't promise tomorrow and your heart might get hardened and you might just go, I don't want it at some point. And that would be a tragedy. So what I would suggest to you as Octavia, the matter of your soul is so important. I bet you would not sell me your eyes for $5 million, would you? I No, because no, they're precious. They're the window to your seat. I mean, it's just they're everything. Okay, this is what Jesus said. What does it profit a man? What does it profit a woman? She gains the whole world but loses her very soul. Your eyes are precious. They're just the window to your soul. Your soul is precious. Your life is precious. And God offers you everlasting life. That's the biggest question, the biggest ponderance that you can consider way beyond school, 
relationships, career, those things are important. They have their place, but your soul is worth everything. So don't delay, okay? Don't delay in thinking about this and dealing with it quickly because to do so ultimately misses the point because you said something fascinating up front. You said, you know, the whole go to hell, blotty, blotty business, right? It's not exactly what I'm kind of preaching at you. Right. It's not, which is honestly really refreshing. Yeah, because because hell is real yeah. and people are going, but that's not why we believe in God ultimately. We don't believe in God because we're afraid to go to hell. We believe in God because he was so kind to save us from hell. So it's the kindness of God that should cause us to go, I want him. I don't want me anymore. I want him. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. So please note, if you delay that's every day you don't get to be in a relationship with the one who died for you. You don't get to know him more, the one who died for you. That's what Christianity is really all about. And that's really where trust comes in. That's why we want him and we trust our lives to him because of his goodness. So my encouragement is think about these things earnestly today. Would you do that? Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I'm glad we uh, we chatted. This, this actually was way more interesting than marijuana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. All right, cool. Well, thank you for the chat. I appreciate it. Way more interesting indeed. Let's all be praying for Octavia. Okay, so Todd did finish that chat a little bit earlier than we expected. Todd, you have more time to fill in the segment. This is a man who believes God's word is final. Tell everybody your name. Yeah, my name is Chukudera, um, which means God's word, God's word is final. That's really quite amazing because in Nigeria... You're given names that actually have a meaning to them, right? Yeah. My name is Todd. Do you know what that means? It means fox. <laughs> like wily like a fox. Oh, fox. Yeah, I, I, I prefer to think of it as foxy, but no, I'm just, I'm just a fox. All right, so you're from Nigeria. You just spent the last year in France, and your name means God's word is final. Do you believe that? Yeah, of course I believe it. I mean, Nigeria is a very um, religious country, so most of the time our parents give us names that have meanings to relate to God. Like in my family, we are seven, and we all have um, names that have meanings to God. Like my elder brother, his name is um, Chuku Emeka, and which means God, God has done well or God does great. And my sister's name is Chioma, which means God is good. So we all have names relate, related to our to um, Christianity also. All right. So if I approached you in this plastic chair and said, I understand you believe God's word is final. Could you prove that to me? Um, not really, but I do believe um, when it comes to um, um, godly stuff, I do believe that um, everything happens for a reason. So, I mean, what I cannot really prove to you that God's word is final. Let's say I approached you and I said, I understand you're a Christian from Nigeria, and I'm, I'm interested in becoming a Christian. What would you tell me? Uh, I would tell you that the Christian, um, the Christian um, society is a very peaceful um, society, and it would, it would be good for you to become a Christian. And I, I mean, go to church and know about about Jesus and God. And and Christians are peaceful people. I mean, you would like it. I mean, yeah, because I personally believe in God. I believe that there is God, and I always I, like I go for the Catholic uh, mass every day by twelve thirty p.m. So I believe there is God. Yeah. So in Christianity, there's a word, gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L. You're a Christian. Can you tell me what that word means? Gospel, I think it means um, the word of God, like the gospel, like, you know, when you say gospel of the Bible, like 
books in the Bible, gospel. That's what I think it means, like books, like like Bible or something, the gospel. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the first four books of the New Testament. They're called gospels, but the word gospel has a special meaning and a really big idea behind it. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what that. Let me see if I can articulate the gospel. It's a word that means good news, good news, right? Which means, by implication, that there's actually bad news first. In other words, for something to be good news, things have to be kind of, eh, and then you hear something good, and it's positive because of your circumstances. Okay, so let me ask you a question. From a Christian perspective, what's the bad news? What's the bad news? I mean, bad news is anything that's you don't expect is anything that doesn't um, go your way, anything that you're not expecting. I think that's it. But I'm talking about from a Christian perspective. What is what is the bad news according to Christians? <laughs> Do I really know what the bad news is? Uh, according to Christians, bad news, I don't maybe not believe in God or something like that. Oh, not believing in God, that is certainly bad news. But there's even more bad news to fathom. Come back as Tom continues his conversation with Chico Dera next on Wretched Radio. You know, just a quick perusal of the Rented Store and Rented.org, and you'll notice resources like Road Trip to Truth, Life is Best, Untethered, Wretched Worldview, and all of our resources have one very distinct thing in common. And no, it's not Todd's ugly mug. Okay, maybe two things in common, but what I'm referring to, or who I'm referring to, is you. Seriously, because if you're a gospel partner, you are actually responsible for the resources we produce. We're just the mouthpiece, but our gospel partners are the end engines that make Wretched run. Without you, there is no us. So if you're already a gospel partner, we humbly thank you. And if you're not an ongoing monthly gospel partner, would you please prayerfully consider becoming one and help us continue producing biblically sound, Christ-centered content to reach the lost and edify the saints. Visit Wretched.org donate to get all the details on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner today. That's Wretched.org donate. It truly does take us all. Hey, Tomorrow Club supporter, this message from Paul Marty, the director of the Tomorrow Clubs, is just for you. You know, it's been more than 25 years now since my wife Cindy first brought leaders and kids together for the very first Tomorrow Club. Hundreds of thousands of lives have been touched. We're grateful for all the ways you help kids in forsaken places learn to follow Jesus. Thank you for your support of the Tomorrow Clubs. $30 a month, Disciples 30 Kids in Eastern Europe and now in Africa, where Tomorrow Clubs anticipates they could be opening up 100 new clubs in a year. Would you please consider becoming a Tomorrow Club supporter? Kids clubs that meet in forsaken places, they get loved on, they hear the gospel, they memorize Bible verses, and they're getting saved. To support your own Tomorrow Club, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Thanks for joining us on Wretched Radio today. Question, do you ever sit back and reflect on what your life was like 5, 10, 15, even 20 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, me neither. There's too much going on in the present to waste time reflecting on the past. And that, unfortunately, is the mindset of culture today. Of course, it's actually beneficial to reflect on the past, especially past episodes of Wretched TV and Radio, which can be found organized nice and neat at Wretched.org. You'll also find over 40 amazing resources in the Wretched store, which coincidentally 
Evidently, were all produced and written in the past. Imagine that. You can learn in the present from things produced in the past. And thanks to the ongoing support of our gospel partners, we have been able to continue talking about the greatest event that ever happened in the past, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We sure would love and cherish your prayers and support as we use the things of the past to affect lives in the present and future. So if any of this made any sense to you whatsoever, visit us online right now at wretched.org slash donate. Names of God We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. And when we stepped away, Todd was speaking with Chikudera, a Catholic from Nigeria. So let's get back to their chat now. This is Witness Wednesday. I happen to know that the Bible says it is appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. So we're going to be judged by God. The question is, what is he going to use to judge us? What is his standard of judgment? Do you know what it is? Yeah, I mean, from growing up, I, um, God, I learned that God judge, um, judges us with our life on earth, like what we did on earth, our behavior stuff. The book that he's going to use to judge us, to, to look in the law book, to see if we've broken any laws, is found very concisely in the Ten Commandments. And so when you look at the Ten Commandments, that gives you a good idea about how we're going to be judged by God. So for instance, I would ask you, has God always been first in your life? <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Have you ever taken God's name in vain, used his name as a curse word? Um, maybe maybe not. I cannot really remember. But I really have the fear of God, so I don't like using God as to joke or something like that. Exactly, yeah. There's another way, though, that we can blaspheme God's name. If you identify as one of his followers, but you don't behave like it, it allows people to think low of God. So as a Christian, if you've ever done anything that anybody has seen that isn't Christian-like, well, then you're blaspheming God. What about honoring parents? Have you always perfectly obeyed yes yes i mean my my parents yeah i always obey my parents always most times but not all the time all the time yeah. right. so that that would be another law that god would look at to see if you've broken any laws all right have you murdered anyone uh, no not at all jesus said you've heard it said thou shalt not commit murder but i say if you call somebody a fool you're in danger of the judgment Call someone a fool like an insult well, you could call them a fool or just you idiot, you jerk, or just treat them unrighteously. That would be like murdering in your heart. It's not as bad as killing somebody physically, but mentally, the import of your words is that you'd like to kill them, and that's murder in the heart. Have you ever been angry at somebody? Of course, many times. I agree. Hold on. This one's going to get pretty bumpy for you. Have you ever committed adultery? Adultery, having sex without marriage? <laughs> of course, I mean... Oh, you've committed adultery. Adultery, I would say I've enjoyed myself. Okay, so you can say it's enjoying yourself, but it's still adultery, right? I mean, in terms of the 
gospel and um, Christian kind of stuff is adultery, but in terms, I mean, yeah, yeah. Stolen anything? Yes, yeah, of course. I mean, I've stolen some stuff. Yeah, that doesn't mean I'm a thief, but I've like I'm not perfect. Understand? Yeah. Now God's word is final, and He says all liars will have their part in a lake of fire. Have you ever told any lies? Of course, many times. I mean, everyone tells lies. Who doesn't tell lies? Don't you tell lies? You know what? I hate it now, but I used to tell them a lot. I was a world-class liar. I really was. It wasn't easy, but I did it. All right, so Chikudera, God's word is final. I just quoted to you what God's word says about judgment, breaking his laws. So just imagine for a second, you're young, but someday God's going to call your number. You're going to be summoned to his courtroom. And he's going to open up the books on your life. So you admitted to me that you've not always loved God the way that you should. You've blasphemed his name in varying ways, dishonored your parents, were unjustly angry at somebody. You've committed adultery. You've lied. You've stolen. Okay, that's that's like seven commandments you've broken. So if God judges you based on that standard, would you be innocent or guilty? I think I will be Based on that standard, I mean, it depends. I can be innocent and guilty at the same time because, I mean, I don't know if you're, you're a Christian. I don't know if you're a Catholic because us Catholics, you go for confession. I, I think if you go for a confession, I confess with a priest and you have your sins absolved. So I think by that, you can still make heaven even though you committed some offenses. So, yeah. So I, Let me see if this makes sense to us. That if, let's just say, I were a criminal standing before an earthly judge and I'd broken lots of laws, but I said, Judge, I've confessed my law breaking to another man. Is he going to let me go? No, because, I mean, the law of human is different from the law of God, so he's not going to let you go. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that, but I think the law of God is actually higher than man's law. It's greater and it's and it's more thorough than man's law. So if an earthly judge isn't going to let somebody go who confessed their crimes, why would God let a guilty criminal be set free? Um, because he's a merciful God. I mean, God is merciful. Jesus Christ died on the cross. So, I mean, so, yeah. So what was he called? Um, to save man- mankind. So, yeah. Now, suddenly, that's good news, isn't it? Yeah, of course, it's good news. Yeah. The bad news is, Chikutera, is that we're guilty criminals, all of us, everybody here on the campus, myself included. We break God's laws. The Bible says that his wrath abides upon us. In other words, he's going to give us justice. Do you know what it means, what the word means to sin, S-I-N? Sin means to commit an offense that is not in the way of God. The word itself has the meaning of wages, that you've earned something, that your actions have been like a worker in a factory. You've earned something. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Remember I was asking you, what's the bad news? This is the bad news part, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. But the good news is God can dismiss your case, not because you confess to a man, but because you put your trust in his son, Jesus Christ, who died and took the wrath that you deserve upon himself, that you could be forgiven and your court case could be dismissed. That is most excellent news. That's what the gospel means. The gospel means that Jesus died while we were yet sinning so that we could be bought back, so that we could be ransomed and forgiven. That's the good news of the gospel. Here's the big question. 
you believe God's word is final and authoritative. The Bible says forgiveness is available to you, to me, to everyone who will put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, turn from their sins and believe in him. Have you done that? Yeah, I guess so. Yes, I guess so. Yes. I got to dig back into your court case a little bit. Have you really turned from your sins? Um, not really. No, not really. No. I mean, it's, it's hard to be perfect. I mean, we can't, we can't be perfect. I mean, we do commit sins. Like, it's, it's hard to be perfect. So I've not really done from my sins, but I'm trying to be perfect. I'm trying to be a better person here. I agree we can't. Here's what Jesus said. Unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. So a big question would be, what does it mean to be born again? Um, born again means to believe in God, I think. Confess your sins and start a new life and believe in God, born again, yeah. I think so, but I think it's even more vivid. It's more dramatic. It indicates that something is dead if it needs to be born again, if it, if it needs to be brought back to life. And the Bible says you and I are dead in our sins, but Jesus died for sinners. And when we hear that good news, because we realize there's some very bad news waiting for me, but we hear that Jesus died so I can be set free, we basically die to ourselves. And we put our trust in the resurrected Savior, and we are made alive in Christ. That's what it means to be born again. It's, it's a big deal when you realize, I really am not a good person. I am very wicked to the core, but Jesus died for sinners. And if you'll repent and put your trust in him, your slate will be wiped clean. You don't need to confess your sins to anybody in a, in a ritual. You confess your sins to God. You turn from them. You trust his son, and he promises you everlasting life. That's what it means to be born again. So here's my question. This is the biggie. Are you born again? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. That's really honest. That's kind of refreshing, but it's kind of bad. All right, so we just talked about what the Bible says about you and your afterlife. And as you sit here then, you got a bullseye on you, and God's got you in his sights. And one day, he's going to cut you down. He's going to call you to his bench, and he's going to sentence you to hell. I don't want that for you. I want you to be forgiven and live. But you must humble yourself and put your trust in Jesus Christ. And he promises he'll adopt you as a child and he will love you the same way he loves his son, Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus did for you. So, Chikutera, my question is, when are you going to repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ? Um, as, as soon as possible. I mean, I came here, I've already started going to the church, the Catholic church over there. So, I mean, um, as soon as possible. Well, you don't have to go to a church. God will hear you if you call out to him in this plastic chair. So here's my challenge for you today. I'll walk away. You're left on your own. I would really plead with you. Bible is God's word. It is the final word, and it is appointed for you to die and then be judged. Escape from the wrath that is to come. And I would simply plead with you to think on it earnestly as I walk away from here. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah, I'll think of it. Yeah. Hey, this was a real treat. 
It was nice to meet you, and I want to thank you for your honesty, because you were honest, and I appreciate that. Nice to meet you, too, yeah. You know, the law is a schoolmaster. It will always shine a light of truth and show us exactly who we are, if you allow it to, and don't fight with it or deny it. Be praying for Chico Dara from Nigeria. Okay, well, that is all of the time we have for this Witness Wednesday. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.